Welcome to Talk About Board Games, Episode 1. On today's show, we'll tell you a bit about ourselves, from our first board gaming experiences and memories, to how we got into hobby gaming. And finally, we'll share our playthrough of the week, Robinson Crusoe. Welcome to Talk About Board Games. As I said, this is episode one. So here's a little bit about us. My name's Nicole, and I'm here with... I'm Fred. I'm her husband. Fred and I uh, live in Kansas City, Missouri, and we do specify Missouri because there's also a Kansas City, Kansas. Yeah, people screw that up a lot, to be quite honest. But we're on the Missouri side. Like, I was at a concert just the other day, and they were saying Kansas, and they said Kansas over and over again. It was Motley Crue. Not not to not to be too distinct out there, but the, it was Motley Crue, and they said, "What's up, Kansas?" And I was like, "Oh no," because it was not in Kansas. That's right. It's in Missouri. That's right. There is a Kansas City, Kansas. It's the uh, the birthplace of Google Fiber, which is kind of disappointing because Google Fiber is not quite yet made it to our side on Missouri. Although parts of it's in our city, but it's not actually in. It's not in our our house area yet. I know, (laughs) unfortunately, bummer. Uh, But anyhow, Fred and I have been playing games for quite a while now. So, uh, Fred, what's the first games you can think of playing as a kid, though? The first game I ever remember, um, most likely, I gotta say, Hi Ho Cherio, though. Though Candyland is close. I think Hi-Ho Cherio was the first one, which is just, uh, you know, it's, it's I, don't, I can, don't even remember if it was a rolling move. I don't think it was. I think it was like a draw cards and you move to this space and then you pick up cherries along the way. I have no idea, of course. I, I am no help. I've I didn't do never any, played it. I didn't go back and play it again. Honestly, you had bunches of cherries and I don't even, I can't remember. Although I knew know that it was, it was secretly masked educational game for children to learn how to count. And I can still count. Uh, so that's a good thing. So that's, you know, <laughs> that's a success, you know? Yeah. See, now as a kid, I, I was an only child, so yeah. I didn't play as many uh, games except for on my own, which isn't quite playing the game. It's just kind of playing with the components. So mm-hmm. that might be part of why I like a lot of uh, component games now. I like pretty pieces and moving the blocks around and well, stuff. Well, everybody likes it when they open a game and it's like a big toy box, don't they? Well, yeah, it's exciting and you get to organize <laughs> it. So, you know, there's that. Yeah. But, uh, uh, so how'd you get into hobby gaming, Fred? Okay. So I would say <laughs> that, that hobby, the hobby version of it, I probably got into when I was about nine years old and my dad brought home the red box edition of Dungeons and Dragons and he helped me create my own character, and I proceeded to, quote, play Dungeons & Dragons for, like, the next three years, which means that there was no real build-up in adventuring and stuff. We would get together, and we'd say, hey, we're playing Dungeons & Dragons today. Hey, I ride a dragon, which is ridiculous, you know? if you <laughs> <laughs> Nobody starts any Final Fantasy games or any kind of role-playing games already on a dragon killing everything, you know, which is what, what you know... That was what was fun for someone with limited attention span of a nine-year-old, you know. Yeah. But that led to other games like, uh, you know, I had uh, uh, Fantasy Forest, 
which was one of their uh, their sort of lead-in games to role-playing. And I played Dungeon, the board game, you know, all the TSR stuff. And eventually segued a little bit into some Steve Jackson games like Car Wars. And, and uh, oh, there was like some alien abduction one that was hilarious. Anyways, that that's kind of, I would say Dungeons & Dragons Redbox is where I started my whole interest in hobby gaming. Yeah, see, and I remember like back in college when we met, you know, you had a couple... Uh, different games that yeah. I think you even tried to get me to play Munchkin one time, and I just thought it was mm. all going to be the you know oh well here's my piece of paper let there's a character and I'm gonna ooh look I cast a spell <laughs> I thought it was all going to be like that and I was and not that I was a cool kid but I really wanted to be in my own brain and uh, so <laughs> I wasn't quite picking up on that but well, so you finally got me interested with uh, pandemic. Yeah. That was what really brought me into saying, okay, yeah, games are a lot of fun. I mean, I always wanted to play them, but again, like I said, only child and all of that. And uh, my mom moved me around a bunch, so yeah. you know, getting that second person to play with. Well, I mean, pandemic was was like a sort of an eye opening moment for me as well, though, because I I didn't realize that there were cooperative games that like that, that didn't involve like an antagonist player that were all, everyone's a protagonist and, uh, every, <coughs> sorry, Ooh. everybody's going to, uh, you know, have to, uh, fight against the game itself. That was a very unique experience for me, even yeah, though I, I know it's not the either. first, I, I just know that it's, that's what was special about it for me. Yeah. You should tell the story about how we got that game. Where'd we get that? Texas? Yeah. Uh, one second. You're going to cough. Uh, yes. Welcome back. So, the uh, <laughs> Nicole and I have a tradition that when we go out of town, we stop by a game store at least once. Now, before I got her into sort of the more hobby-leveled games, we would just stop by a Toys R Us or something like that. And we were always looking for something on discount because we were sure we probably were not going to like it. And hence, we have like four versions of Clue upstairs you know the electronic talking we have the clue mysteries with the little red lens thing we have all these we've got a bunch of clue games that aren't actually technically clue either like the uh, mystery mansion Mm -hmm. which we did pull out again recently and play and i gotta say i had fun with it with mystery mansion (laughs) yeah no we didn't play mystery Mansion. wasn't it what what, what did we play at uh fourth of july 13 dead end drive dang it wrong one okay you're (laughs) right that one's a lot of fun (laughs) it was a lot of fun anyway (laughs) So, yeah, we we just ended up stopping into a game store. We were looking for something other than Toys R Us for some reason, and uh, we stopped into a game store, and it was just recommended to me. And, of course, I probably should have looked up the name of the store, but it was Fort Worth or something like that? See, I can't remember. That's the thing. I don't know. It wasn't Fort Worth. We were in a... Because I can't remember if we did it before Galveston or if it was in Houston. It might have been Houston, because it was next door to that Mexican place we ate. Don't remember eating at a Mexican place next to it. I just remember having really good Spanish rice, which I'm never usually liking the Spanish rice, but theirs was yummy. Well, this guy at the counter, we just went in and asked, just straight up, hey, we're looking for a game to play tonight. Is there anything that's good? And he just said, oh, some people have said pandemic's okay. <laughs> and we're like, they've said that, huh? And that was about the extent of his interest in it. He's like, yeah, I don't know anything about it. They just, I've heard some people say it's good. See, and I don't even think I was paying any attention in the store at all. I was looking for jigsaw puzzles or something Mm -hmm. because I didn't really care. I was like, eh, well, this isn't Toys R Us. We're not going to find anything that I'm going to (laughs) dig. I was wrong. The guy was right. It was really cool. And uh, we ended up playing it like 
five times in the next 24 hours. And that was, that was quite a, quite a breakthrough of interest from, from Nicole for sure. And, uh, I just couldn't, I mean, once you got bit by this idea that you can beat the game, if you play it just right, you know, it, it really made us want to beat it bad. Oh yeah. Well, and I'm just, I'm almost vaguely OCD to where I just, I'm more, I guess I'm more of a completionist. Like I will play a video game for hours and hours and hours trying to get all the coins. Not that I ever do because I'm not that good. But same thing with that. I will play it over and over just trying to actually beat it. Yeah. Well, I mean, we had a really good time with it for sure. That was, after that, it was, it was kind of like all I had to do was just mildly suggest something and, and you were very receptive to Oh yeah, I'd like to play that possibly as well. I mean, we did after that. We did the the standards, the modern standards of gaming. We did uh, settlers, games. yeah, and we did Ticket to Ride, right? And uh, you know, just got a bunch of these these basic games kind of out of the way. Dominion, yeah, you know, yeah. And then every once in a while, <clears throat> you'd, you'd introduce me to one that I I guess was just a little bit outside of my comfort zone, and I just go, I'm not playing that. It looks stupid. <laughs> When in reality, I think it was just a little beyond what I could comprehend at that point. But now I've learned so many more mechanics that I can play the hard games with you. It's fun. Which is a hard game. Like Mage Wars is hard. There's a lot to it. I know. And I play it. I even built a deck. You did. And we haven't played it yet. (laughs) You'll play it. That'll be our our finale. Okay. (laughs) Not today. No. Okay. All right. What else, Fred? What else do you want to say about hobby gaming? Um, just mostly that, that a lot of the games we talk about are not going to be a Toys R Us variety. Every once in a while, I mean, we do hold like, or like you know, personal events where we try, we try old games. Like uh, over 4th of July, we've started a new tradition where we call it the American Classics Day. And we actually pull out all our board games that are like... You know, old, really like we old. like go for broke, our 1960-something edition of that. and Which isn't even complete. We had to, like, substitute out poker chips for money. Yeah. That, but that was fun. <laughs> oh, that game. <laughs> Anyways. Yeah, so, I mean, we, we, but primarily what we're going to be talking about is, is a hobby-level game. But it's not, it's not to mean that it's inaccessible to anyone. It's just that it's a, uh, it's, it's more of a specialist game, and there's a good chance you won't just find it in, in a Target or a Walmart or something Although like Target's that. been doing much better these days. Mm-hmm. They've had some stuff like uh, King of Tokyo has been there, which yeah. is cool. Uh, Firefly. Uh, what else did we see recently? They had a Munchkin game there. Yeah, they've had Munchkin for quite a while, and I still don't think most they people They had Star that Trek Catan. Yeah, that one they cleared out, though. <laughs> it's but. okay with me. <laughs> You didn't like it. Oh, it was terrible. <laughs> I didn't think it was terrible. It was just, I don't know, more of the same. So it's. Uh, I think we're just kind of a little bit past that. We want a little more complexity than than what it had to offer. Well, I think it added you com- especially. Well, no, 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 I think it added complexity and it took took away this sort of graceful feeling that Catan has and and added some stuff on it that just slowed it down to half speed. I don't know. It was okay. <laughs> it was all right. Yeah, I, I'll play regular Catan any day over Star Trek. Well, we can't. Three players. There's no. only two of us. That's our curse, isn't it? I know it really is. <laughs> We've got to get more two-player, non-three-player. Well, I guess we don't need to get more. That's right. So, 
<laughs> we got tons. We do have tons. Yeah, we, we have a substantial game collection, and I mean, we have it displayed almost like a library. We bookend all of the games, and they're on a shelf in our guest bedroom, and truly, we can go in and pick them out like a book. Yeah. One of the things we, we've been uh, doing lately, though, that I've really enjoyed is uh, because we've had so many games that we haven't necessarily gotten to or fully enjoyed, we've been doing a uh, five games five times, which we'd heard about somebody doing a ten games ten times on a different podcast, but... Seriously, that's just excessive. So we narrowed it down to five games, five times, and we'll play those five games five times, obviously, before. And we'll just decide, do we really like this game enough to keep in our collection, or does it need to go by the wayside? Yeah, and what we found out about the five games five times is that that when we got through with our first phase, we've only completed one phase of five we really didn't want to play games more than five times. The whole idea is... Well, that, some of them I do, but... <clears throat> well, the whole idea is kind of spawned from the idea that these games have really, you know, big instruction books, and you can't remember how to play them every time, and you waste a bunch of time rereading the rules, relearning the game, just so you can play it again. Well, if you play a game according to this other uh, source online if you play a game 10 times you never have to read the rule books again other than just a quick glance at the basic setup and we were like well maybe we can do five and i, I think I, I mean i think five is probably enough at least for my patience at least yeah i think five <laughs> has been good for us though because we already with our first five games uh what did we have we had ghost stories and i can't remember what were the other four um Netrunner. Oh, Netrunner was awesome, though. That one was a good one. I can't yeah. believe I couldn't remember it. I think we got our... Oh, it's uh, Carcassonne. Carcassonne was fun. Agricola. With Carcassonne, we did the big box, too. So with that one, it was kind of... Uh, the first game was just real basic, and then each each of the five games was yeah. one of the five different expansions, which was kind of interesting. Yeah. Carcassonne's a tile-laying game. It's been out since the mid-'90s, and there are like at least one or two expansions put out every year or so. And so I have a box with 12 expansions in it, and we, we ended up kind of mixing and matching expansions. And we got through almost all of them. I think we skipped one of, of all of them. Yeah, it didn't sound as, as good as some of the others. But yeah, then we, then we played Agricola. Which was a lot five of fun. Times, and uh, we played Battlelore five times. Ah, oh, Battlelore's good, too. Oh, you made so we played so some mad. really good games. How'd I make you mad? That dice burn. Oh, my God. The final oh, game of Battlelore. That always happens to you. This is, what, this is my bane right there is, okay, if I roll these dice, I win. I nope. lose. If I roll them this time, maybe I'll, I'll lose. Yeah. <laughs> so that happened over and over again. Our final battle was tainted. And Nicole <laughs> took the Battle Lord Championship in yes. that best of five. Uh, but right now, I mean, what we found out, though, is we've started the second round of these fives, is that we've, uh, we have come across some games that we just do not want in our collection. Because another another thing that happens when you play a game five times is you expose the flaw of that game. And and it can become overwhelming when you're playing it five times in a month. And, for instance, in our first series of five, we found out we do not like the game Ghost Stories at all. No. We, we never... We played it five times. We never came close to winning it. No. We every game we just felt this this like a dice burn, random card burn. We were just 
didn't ever feel like no matter how good our strategy would be that it was going to make much difference in in how the game played out. Which I think is really strange because we've heard so many other people really enjoy <clears throat> this game. So either there's something that we're just missing that we're never going to pick up on or it's just not for no. us. I don't know. There's a third option too. Masochists have loud voices is what the third <laughs> option is. But the, uh, yeah, indeed, it, it it just wasn't for us at all. It just seemed like, you know, like a sadistic experience where the game just punishes you and punishes you and everything hinges on you making 10 dice rolls pop up with the right color in a row or you'll lose that game. Well, see, and then I thought maybe the uh, iOS version would be easier or it'd pick me up on something that I was missing and it made it even harder. This like, is... It, this, it, <laughs> This will upset you. I don't know if I ever admitted this to you. Oh no, what? I've won the the iOS version before. You jerk. But I did I swear I went <laughs> to a forum and I looked up, you know, the tip, like which monk you should be, which power should be on, and if you do that and you focus in on this, you should be able to win the game. And I I don't I didn't pay close enough attention because, you know, there's a weird disconnect when you're playing an iOS game. And versus the board game where you're, you know, taking True. all the time you want versus this kind of abstract representation of what a board game is. And I don't, I couldn't tell you exactly what I did. I couldn't repeat it Yeah. <laughs> in our game. And we were playing a four, four player game every time. Well, yeah. But okay. So anyways, yeah, the, uh, the second run through of five. That we're currently it, doing. Yeah. Has exposed that we don't like the game rolling freight. Yeah, and see, with, with Ghost Stories, we did, even after the third game, we discovered we really just didn't care about this game anymore, and yeah. we really didn't need to play it five times, but we went ahead and pushed through. I don't know that I can with Rolling Freight. It's oh my God. such a long game. And I think <laughs> it's got to have a, it's gotta have a sweet spot of players that we're just not meeting with two players, I think. I think that's really the problem with it, and I, I almost think that we need to play it with our friends once just to see, but doggone it, I don't have all day most of the time. Well, what turned me off about that idea was is that when I read into it, every player you add adds more time, and my biggest complaint right now is that it's it's uh, too, too like tight as far as the point scoring goes. That one mistake in the first round will stay there all the way through the third round, so it almost feels like, because we're playing the two-player game, there's only three rounds, not four, or maybe it's just two. Two and not three. So one two, mistake two three, yeah. One mistake on the first round will still be there at the end of the second round. And, I, and it just leads me to feel like, as a player, why would I bother playing the second round? Yeah, and for those of you who haven't played it, basically you've, you've got this board kind of almost <clears throat> similar to a Ticket to Ride kind of look to it. And you're going to roll these dice, and whatever the side the roll the dice roll is what you can play if you can add it to your track to go yeah. from one place to another they're, they're or if you dice. can yeah if you can spend those resources yeah. to get new tracks that you're supposed to complete that kind of thing but not to be too complicated the game is just the resource dice is just this color or that color right. or the other color you know yeah there's just a couple different color like four different colors yeah. and that's what you're going to roll mm -hmm. uh, but, but yeah we haven't really yeah we've got two plays into that and we can't we're, we're i've already tried to, to trade it off on <laughs> Board game geek a couple of times. Another one we we found out we didn't want anymore was through the desert. Uh, 
put an exclamation point on the final game where well, I was pretty sure I wasn't going to win, and I just went ahead and drew the last piece to end the game just so I wouldn't have to play the rest of the game. <laughs> well, on that one, to be fair, on our fourth game in, Fred forgot the rules. <laughs> And on this game, basically you have your... See, that's invalidating our entire five games five times oh, right so there. so funny, though. But you have your different colored camels. And these camels are going to create a little caravan. So my caravan is got a... Oh, I don't even know how to describe it. You describe this one. Try. Okay. <laughs> you have a hex map of a desert, and there are point chips on it. And there are oases, and if you touch an oasis, you you build a chain of camels that cannot touch someone else's chain of camels of the same color. But they can touch another person's camel of a different color. Yes, if you and as you're making this chain, you can run over these little point chips to pick up points. If you touch an oasis, you get five points, and if you loop off an entire area from the border or from like some sort of terrain feature in the middle of the map. So that someone else cannot collect any of those spots. Like you basically make a circle, usually using borders on the map. Then you can collect all the spots inside of there as a point of piece at the end of the game. Right. And so it's, it's well, an abstract game. <laughs> I mean, honestly, it, it's only cool because they come with like 300 pastel camels and nobody else has that, you know. <laughs> the butter camels are my favorite. There are some butter ones. The uh, <laughs> But... I, I screwed up, and you're supposed to remove a certain number of camels and because you're using a sort of abbreviated map when you're playing two players, <laughs> and it just became like the camel parking lot. Okay, so you screwed up on both games then, two different games. Which one? Well, because you screwed up the third one by doing too many camels, and you screwed up the fourth the fourth one because you forgot that you could... Uh, I forgot I could capture spaces. Capture spaces, right. Yeah, and then you so. captured like 300 spaces, and I captured zero, <laughs> and I was like, I should win this game. Nope. I lost. <laughs> Which I'm glad you See, reminded me of, right? When you won, you're like, why didn't you close off any spaces? And I was like, thanks for telling me now. You ruined the game. <laughs> well, what was I supposed to? I'm not going to tell you in the middle of the game because otherwise you would just win again. I win Fred again. wins a lot. She says that, but I mean, I'm looking at the numbers and she wins as much as I do. Only because you were accidentally letting me cheat? No, no. you nah, I wasn't cheating, but I was just actually playing the game. I, I thought my chances were a little less than 50% chance I would win the final one when I pulled the final camel. I was four points off. <laughs> but it was like 81 to 85. Yeah, because I suck. No, I was, you won. I know, barely, against someone who oh, didn't no. care. I still tried to win. I thought, it's like I the said, most hollow victory in the world. <laughs> but during this, this session of five, we actually uh, played Legends of Andor, and Nicole liked it so much that we played it five times. That so, one actually wasn't part of our five games five yeah. times, was it? That was our sixth game we added on just because it was so good. Yeah, and then you didn't want to stop playing it when we finished it. No, it was fun. I want to play it again. But we're playing Small World as well, which we played the original game three times, and I had an opportunity to purchase Small World Underworld for half price recently, so I did that. And we're going to play that the last two times. We've been having fun playing Blood Bowl Team Manager as well. And I personally have been having fun playing Mage War, though Nicole doesn't like it as much. Well, not as much as you do. No, you pretty much have told me, I really don't care about that game. I don't care about the deck building as much. I did do that one deck, and then we didn't play it. I'm betting it would be on your trade list if I said, do you want to trade Mage Wars? You'd go, yeah. No, I wouldn't. <laughs> because we don't, what else? Well, I guess we do have Summoner Wars. That's kind of almost similar, kind of. It's about a quarter is in depth, though. Well, yeah, but... 
Like when I win at Summoner <laughs> Wars, I'm like, oh, okay, cool, let's play again. When I win at Mage Wars, I'm like, yes, I'm the champion for a week. You're always the champion. No, I'm not. You win a lot. It's about half and half. <laughs> it's not true. Well, I mean, I'll, here, I'll tally up the, the current one. You okay? can't three, tell. Three, four, that's... five, six. Uh-huh. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Okay, I've, re- I've won two more times than uh-huh. you so far. <laughs> and two of those, you might as well have won because you just weren't playing. That's not true. That's true. That's not true. Okay, so moving right along. I thought I was going to win both those. <laughs> and you would have if there were different rules. <laughs> I made up my own, and under my rules, I won. <laughs> what? So, Fred, what games are you thinking for future five for fives? Um, well, I kind of feel like I want to play that Dungeon Fighter games just so we can become dice experts. Oh, that'll be fun. Dungeon Fighter, uh, That with that game, you're... You're, uh, and see, you always describe them so much better than I, I know, do. Because you put a big target in the middle of the table, <laughs> and you're you're doing what I, I call it a game of stunt rolling, because yeah. you you have this big target in the table, and the idea is to bounce the die, you know, throw the die from your hand onto the table, bounce it off your table, and land it onto the target, and then you score a certain number of points of damage on whatever monster or creature you're fighting, which is just kind of shown really, really like you know. It's just sort of an afterthought, isn't it? The map, kind of. Well, no, I'm just, well, it's kind of small. <laughs> well, I'm, just, I'm I'm saying that you could probably this could have been accomplished without any parts or visualization at all, with just a shuffled deck of cards of random monsters. You probably. just deal them in with a with a yeah. But if you the have the if you have the map, it's like it's like a postcard sized map. But it, then it'll have the little uh, fountain that you can go drink from to you know get your points back, and yeah. it'll have a place where you can go shopping and you know. Stuff like that. So, I mean, you kind of need that map, sort of. There's a little bit of decision-making on the map. but It adds to... You can choose different directions, so is it going to be harder to get to the end? Or are you going to be able to heal and get to the end and then have to fight a couple more enemies on top of it? But basically, here's the thing. I call it a game of stunt rolling because, yes, the basic role is bounce it off the table onto this target board in the middle of the table. But then if you get an item, and this is why it's, it's a great game. Oh, yeah. It's a great party game, too, especially if, if whoever's with you is a little nerdy-minded. You uh, When you get, like, an item, like, let's say you get, like, one of the items I got was called the Hellbow. And the Hellbow, the picture that they have on the card is this ridiculously spiked elbow kind of armor piece. And uh, the, way, the way the Hellbow alters the game is the Hellbow is going to give you, like, two more points of damage to your roll, to whatever spot you hit on the target. If you can put the die on your elbow, almost like you're catching coins, you know, like you, you put like a stack of pennies on your elbow and then re- bring your hand down real quick to catch them. You okay. never did that? No. What a weirdo. What? <laughs> oh, wait, I'm the weird one? Yes. All right. Well, anyways, you put you balance the die on the elbow <laughs> and now you dump the elbow off. Like if you take a treat and you put it on a dog's nose, and no, except it's your elbow. That's what I'm picturing right now. <laughs> The schnozbo. The schnozbo, yes. <laughs> the, uh, I think there is one that comes off your nose. There is one. <laughs> but the uh, but it's not called the schnozbo. <laughs> the elbow, you put, you balance the die on your elbow, and you bring your elbow down towards the table. Then you bounce the die off the table. Then you land it on it. Well, and, and you try I, and land it on it. Yes. And then, I, of course, I got, in conjunction with that during one of the games, I got some sort of praying effect as well, which when you do that, you're supposed to roll the die while kneeling next to the table. So I was kneeling next to the table with a die balanced on my elbow and dropping the die on the table, bouncing it off the table, landing it onto the target with a number so that I could get two extra damage plus the the holy 
rare thing or whatever did like another point of damage to undead or something. And so when you combine all these things, it becomes pretty much stunt rolling. It's but, pretty fun. But either way, the, <laughs> the big thing about it is that uh, when you see someone rolling it, you know, there's this real high tension and you're like, oh, are they going to make it? And when they do, it's just glorious. Everybody you know? cheers. Yeah. <laughs> Whereas, you know, there's, more, there's a lot more awe than there is, yeah, but when they when you, yeah, it's it's, it's, it's huge, yeah. you know? <laughs> And, and it is a completely cooperative game too. That's another thing. So nobody's nobody's fighting against each other. No, you know? no, no. It's that's although a really we did good play game. it one time, and one kid kind of thought he was being a loser, but he was not. <laughs> yeah. Um, who was the loser? I don't even know. <laughs> when we were at a oh, what's their names? Tom. Yes, at their house. Are you talking about Tom's wife? Was it was it her that was the loser? <laughs> one of them know. was just like. I didn't do it or something. I don't know. I they acted no like it was their fault, but it wasn't their fault. It was a tough, tough demon that we were fighting. <laughs> we were fighting the, the demon? Creature. Okay. Deadly parsnip. I don't know what it was. I don't remember that well. Parsnip, the poisonous. Eat your vegetables. But I was thinking about putting that on there because, you know, it's sort of like when you own your own pool table. And, and, you know, someone comes over to play pool and you're supposed to just whip them. What? <laughs> this is ridiculous. But yeah, I mean, in, in my, in my ridiculous fantasy, I want, I want to be better at my guests at stunt rolling dice in that game. Oh no. Like I, know... I want them to come over and they'll be like, and then they count on me and then I get more accolades. Ugh. Is that terrible? You're ridiculous. It's like having my own pool table. Right. So you can be the <laughs> champion of your own neighborhood. Wouldn't that be cool? I'd be the president of the Stunt Dice Club. <laughs> no? I will totally play that. I think we need to save it for uh, when we have more people over, though, and not make it a five for five, just because uh, you get bored with games quick compared to me. Definitely. Oh, yeah. I think it comes because I read the rules first, and I spend more time with it before I get to the table. I've done it once or twice <clears throat> where I read the rules, but then you don't pay attention. I <laughs> Okay, I admit the last time Matt was over, I didn't pay attention. Very Neither well. one of you paid attention. I'm sitting there tra- desperately trying to understand and teach this game to everyone. And you guys are like goofing around, talking about shopping carts. We made you lots know. of great jokes during that time. It was not funny. <laughs> it made me cry. No, I didn't cry. What I look <laughs> at you guys all just stare at the table and like kind of wipe drool off your mouth every once in a while. At when least I we're read- paying attention, sort of. <laughs> no, you're not. You guys were goofing. We you were doing you that. You had no idea. I don't even remember what game it was because it was so awful. I put it out of my brain. We played it. I know. What was it? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but but I don't even remember any of the jokes either. So it was on par with our jokes. Yeah. <laughs> Forgettable. Let's <laughs> we'll play it five times, whatever it is. I know. Yeah, we'll add that to our list. Yep. I don't know. I kind of want to still play that uh, Suburbia game again. I want to put that on our five times, but I know you don't want to because we played it twice in one day, and I think that was enough for you. <laughs> I like Suburbia just fine. I think it's a little bland. See, I thought it was fun. Or Seasons. Oh, I love that one. I could probably play Seasons five times. That would be a good time. Although I still want to play that with multiple people. We never got to. We were supposed so, so to. So the Seasons balance out? Yeah. Because you, it look. It seems to me that if you play it with three people, ideally that you would think four, because there's four seasons. But no, there's only three rounds, 
which is a little strange. This game has a weird thing where you... Uh, Seasons has a, has a mechanic where every round you switch the first person to the next person in line around the table. And when you play it, three people are going to get a chance to be first player. Well, if you play two player, one person gets to be first player twice, which means they get to select the space that you want. Because it's like it's sort of a worker placement game, except you're using dice. And they'll steal that first player's spot twice, which means it feels like in a two-player game that the person who starts the game has an advantage over the other person. Yeah, absolutely. But if so. you play it with a four-player game, then one person never gets to be the first player. Yeah. So that's a little strange. That's a, probably the only mechanic about that game that I don't care for so much. It's got the chunkiest dice oh, I've I ever love seen. them. They're so much fun to roll. And I love all the <laughs> cards. Like, sometimes there's, like, too many options and the cards just freak me out. But that one, I just, it's a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of discovery on the different cards, and I enjoy that quite a lot. So, anyway. Well, Fred, do you have anything else that you want to add to that discussion? No, I think that's good. All right. Well, you know what I think? I think we should share our playthrough of the week. The following is a true recount of a board gaming session. It is not merely a conversation. It contains the actual sounds of components, success and failure and in-the-moment emotions from the incident itself. The archivists of this audio would like to remind the faint of heart that the people involved are not rules experts, did not design the game, and do not always play nice. No one was murdered in the playing of this game. All right, well, this week we decided to play the game Robinson Crusoe. Now, this is a game that is based, you know, thematically on the storybook of the same name. Now, Robinson Crusoe is a storybook about a guy who gets deserted or stranded on a deserted island. Uh, He has a native friend on the island named Friday who helps him uh, survive on the island. And I can't remember, because I didn't read it, I can't remember if if he ever got off of the actual island. (laughs) Is he stuck there with Gilligan? Well, unlike the actual story, in this uh, game you get to play with up to four people and they uh, you all take the role of a different survivor of some sort of shipwreck on this island. And there's a cook and a soldier and an explorer and the other guy. The skipper. <laughs> the skipper and Gilligan no. <laughs> and Ginger. Now the, uh, so you, you, and each of these people will have their own... Uh, did I say soldier? You said soldier. Uh, soldier is one of them. Is he a soldier? Yeah. You're sure? Yes. Okay. There's, but this is a worker placement game. It There's is a woodcutter. Is he a woodcutter? No, he's a builder. He's Build. like a construction guy or something. Okay, it's been a few days. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, so uh, this is a cooperative worker placement game. And every, every round you'll have a certain number of little discs that represent how many actions you have, usually two of these discs. You'll uh, spend your turn putting them on different spaces that either explore the island, uh, you know, gather uh, different resources. Food, you wood. Will, yeah, you'll build new items that you can use. Uh, you'll build campsites. You'll A pot. Yep, you'll go hunting for animals. There's all these actions you can take on your turn, and, and, it, and ultimately, you're trying to, you know, as a group, have enough food to survive every day, 
be sheltered from storms and usually based on multiple different scenario cards they have in the game. I think there's five. There's, I think there's a few more. Maybe than six. That. I thought it was like eight. Well, you have you have multiple scenarios in there, and they they alter how the game is played and alter what your objectives are and what is actually occurring. Like some of them are volcanoes erupting. Some of them, there's evil spirits on the island. Uh, the one we played, we were trying to rescue Jenny off of a... This is hilarious. <laughs> we were trying to rescue Jenny <laughs> off, of a, off of, a, of a little island outside of our island by building a raft to get out to her. And then we were supposed to bring her back to the island and build a better raft <laughs> so that we could leave before the storm hit the island. Which really made me feel like we were going out to sea to try to weather the storm in the middle of the ocean. We just build a bigger raft to begin with and then go get her. I don't know. Wasn't she sick? Is she sick? I don't think so. <laughs> she, well, she was She was, she was going to die. She was injured. Yeah. But she wasn't sick because after well, she got back, all she'd do was sit around. She was sick of being injured. Yeah, yeah she did. She just sat around. She wasn't any help. Yep. So during no this game, you do roll dice to uh, try to, you know, accomplish these tasks. And the dice... As usual, are not exactly your buddy most of the time. And not can, your buddy. Well, no. They do well for me. They sometimes. add lots of bad things to it, but uh, mostly you're just you're just dealing with all the bad things that happen as you collectively try to feed each other and do some sort of overarching task for the whole thing. So, let me just start by saying that obtaining this game was not easy. I know. Now, it currently, currently on our two playlist is a game called Caverna, which is going through the same sort of thing. But there's these weird games that come out that everyone wants. And it just becomes this phenomena. And for some reason, manufacturers don't really have a good grasp on when this is going to happen. I mean, they have to kind of play kind of tight to the belt. Because even though, like, you know, a manufacturer like, you know, uh, Days of Wonder or something like that might seem massive... I mean, I've heard that they're just a few guys working in an office, you know, and sort right. of calling up manufacturers and saying, hey, we need more games, you know. But as far as being a distributor, they're just they're just a small office. Yeah. Well, sometimes things just happen. Yeah. Like, the nobody can always anticipate a hit. Yeah. And, and this, game, so. this game came out at Essen in 2012, and I believe it was right around the time that Z-Man Games was going through a a uh, changeover in distributor. They had switched to one distributor exclusively and from like many different smaller distributors. And all of a sudden they couldn't keep up with how many people were demanding this game. And so Robinson Crusoe comes out at Essen and it wins a ton of awards and, and game of the years and everybody loves it. Actually, you know, I think it may even come out of earlier than, than Essen even, but it, bah, no idea. regardless, it's not available and, right. and it, and it gets released in December of 2012, and they have five copies on the shelves, and they're gone. And, of course, everybody puts them on eBay, and they're $1,000 a copy, right? And it's just, no one's going to pay that, right? Well, some people do. Well, okay. Fine. Not me. <laughs> I I first had my chance, first time to buy it, at Gen Con 2013. And when I walked up to the Z-Man booth, it's the first booth we walked to when we walked in the door... And they said to me, I have a couple of copies of it left. It's $80. And I, you know, $80 for me is a game that's one that I know is great. I have to know it already. I won't just throw $80 down and say, and well, you know, give me the die have and try to roll it because I'm so lucky. With a it. lot of miniatures or something 
something that makes it look that yeah, it was a lot. Yeah. yeah. So but it was I, supposed to be great, but we just didn't know. We we hadn't played it. We tried to demo it at at Gen Con, and man, that booth was busy all the time. We kind of mm-hmm. watched for a little bit, but we still didn't quite yeah get to play. So and the 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 developer or the designer of the game was there too, and he just I don't know. It just seemed like he was just kind of well. He like, knew exactly what was going on. Well, yeah, but he seemed kind of bored every time we went by there too. He well, just, he, I think he'd been talking about the game. Like, I think he was more like every time it, that I saw him talking, it was kind of like, "Oh, I can't believe you don't have this yet." Okay, when you roll, this can happen. No, 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 don't forget it. You're about your palisades. <laughs> I remember hearing him talk about the palisades a few times. Yeah. Well, this so finally, right at the end of 2013, we we both kind of came across an opportunity to purchase it. It finally came back in stock. No, and it was the beginning of uh, 2014. It was, oh, sorry, yeah, It was right now Valentine's Day. Because yeah. I decided that would be a nice gift for my honey bunny. Yeah. Now, I had tried to That's purchase Fred. this before, and I had actually had my had it robbed out of my online shopping cart before. Yes, you know, that was When earlier. I was trying to check out with it. And that was about a month earlier. And Nicole, that knowing funny. that I was trying to get a hold of it and hearing my frustrating story about having it already in my shopping cart and imagining being at Walmart and having someone just walk up and go, I'll take that. <laughs> <laughs> That's what happened. I know. An online shopping cart does not mean shopping cart, just well, so you know. It's not really there. It's virtual. <laughs> I know. It's not really in your cart, okay? Because yeah. someone could just take it right out and there's and nothing you can do about it. But that happened. So, and she knew I was frustrated about that. So when the opportunity came around again, I saw it came back online. And a month, you know, a month later, it just so happened that coincided within a day or so of my wife, Nicole, here running into uh, a copy at a local game retailer. And we ended up purchasing the same game twice on the same week. and Same day. And I, I went home and I let her know, hey, by the way, I finally got a hold of a copy. And she's like, you did what? Hey, by the way, <laughs> you just weren't ruined Valentine's Day. Thanks. I'm the now best. I'm going to go take this back. I'm the best. <laughs> so I go back two days later. They won't let me return it. So we had to get other games, which <sighs> that was fine, but still frustrating. Yep. So we did finally get a chance to play it. Now, the standard pr- protocol in our house for playing a game is I get the game, unwrap it, punch everything out, organize it, sit down with the with the rules in the game by myself. And learn it. And learn the game. And, <laughs> and you know, I've got faster about it over the years, and some games are easier than others. And at this point, I mean, you, you can... T- I, I can guarantee that when I sit down, it's going to be at least a one-hour session before I put the game up and say, I know how to play it, you know? Yeah. And uh, <clears throat> this one, I did the same thing. I mean, I watched like one video for about five minutes on it and sat down sat down with my copy and kind of went through the motions of what the video had said and said, okay, I think I know how to play this. Because I, I read the instruction book and it just seemed to be getting me nowhere. And I was I was kind of like, ah, I don't know, I better watch something because this seems I'm not this this the flow of this information in this instruction book isn't really processing well in my head. Yeah. And so I watched this video and I played my little playthrough and I was kind of pressed for time, so I kind of shortened the version. I did maybe an hour, I don't know. Total. Well and then our friends came over. <laughs> and then our friends came over and they had heard the story about trying to get this game and how it had been game of the year and how it hadn't been in stock for a year. And they and all were this excited stuff. to play it. Yeah, so and they love cooperative games. 
mostly because Matt hates to lose. Well, yeah. But <laughs> so we, they, he's really interested in playing this game, and so I'm like, okay, well, I just played it like this, this afternoon. We'll go ahead and play it. And I pull it out, and we start, we set it up, and that's when like all the questions start coming across the table, and I don't have the answer. And so I'm, then I'm going into this book that had frustrated me earlier, and I cannot find answers fast enough, and it's just starting to become terrible. Okay? <laughs> it was a little frustrating. <laughs> and, Wait, and, no, it was a lot frustrating. <laughs> and Nicole is, is a stickler for rules, so she decided she didn't even want to play anymore whenever Matt decided he would just like to make up whatever rules we didn't know where they were and just play the game. Well, it's a ridiculous concept. You're not even <laughs> playing the game if he's just going to make stuff up. Yeah. Brianna didn't have much to say about anything either way. I think she was just kind of scared still. <laughs> so, so Nicole was just like, I don't want to play this. If we're making up rules, we're not playing the game. You're obviously not ready to play this game. And Matt's Matt was determined to play anyway. Well, that was the that was the catalyst. That's what made Matt just want to push my buttons yeah. and and make me even more angry. So Nicole so. left the room, and then we played we played the game for maybe five more minutes before we lost by playing the wrong rules. Because you then, didn't know how to play. <laughs> And then we proceeded to play Talk Talk Woodman, which I did not. A game that I learned and played in like two minutes. Well, because what? Ooh, difficult game. Tick tick tick. Oh, hey, that wood fell off. Tick tick tick. Oh, more wood fell off. I win. It was a great game. It is actually really fun if you haven't played it. It's a good party game. So the next day, I, I you know apologized to Nicole for it being such a horrible play session, and I apologized and for I, being such a baby and leaving the room. <laughs> Yeah, and so I asked if we could go ahead and like maybe watch some more videos online and try to learn this because the book was getting me nowhere. So we watched videos. Yes, so we watched videos for about an hour, hour and a half, just just explaining how to play this game. And we went in here into the game room and we limped through a session. And at the end of the session, we both were confident that we had played the game correctly. And so this the session you're going to hear today, uh, we played the night after we watched the videos and played our first session of the game. No, it was further on than that. Was it? Yeah, because remember we went we played that first game, and then we waited and we didn't play. It was like a couple weeks after that. Was it? Yeah, because that's why we were trying to refresh ourselves. Okay, on the so rules. we played against that night, and so two weeks later we tried to bring ourselves back to it. Yeah. This game might have... But then we'd have, forgotten uh, some stuff. This guy may this game may have uh, benefited from a uh, five for five uh, session because this is how our first session started. Gathering resources. I'm gathering resources. Yes. And I, like... do I have to roll for it? No, you just pick one. One of the two. Why? There's a gatherer there. I do. I have to roll for it, don't I? That's a gathering. Is it? Isn't it? Yeah, gathering resources. Gather one resource from a tile adjacent to the camp, one or two workers. Or one tile further away, two or three workers. You can put three workers? This game's confusing. Dang it. Okay. Is that what this is? Gather? Yes! <laughs> Did I ever roll a green dice? Game three? <laughs> That's what happens. It's been two weeks. 
Now that's our second. That's that's our third, third game actually. Through. Yeah. So this is this is not including the first night that we played it. That is our third actual full game. That's how it starts off. Is I've actually forgot that the dice are used for gathering. I thought you could just gather automatically. And no. What an idiot, right? <laughs> uh, but this. <laughs> game gets worse. There's a though. lot to it. There's there, a lot to this game. There is. I mean, and, and that's that's something. What's so ridiculous is that is a very simple part of the game. You know, that's that's like base level mechanics, and I've, I've forgotten that. I don't even know how, but I, I, I couldn't remember that gathering had dice. I remember that building did and that exploring did, but for some reason didn't remember that gathering things even had a chance there's of failure. three different colors of cards, and one says gatherings. So. That's right. Uh, and, you know, this... This continues, you know, uh, just like this, and you know, eventually, uh, the discussion about rules seriously never really ends. And I mean, it even no. it even continues as far as this. Now we're in the uh, weather phase. So, according to this, there's no weather in here. Oh, until turn five. There's no weather at all. And then where's the hurricane coming from? I get palisade parts that are bad, and uh, the animals start going nuts as of turn five, six, seven, eight. They show icons on these if you're going to get weather. Check it out. See? Storm clouds. Storm clouds till the end. Doesn't happen on this one. There's no weather, but there's a hurricane. It's building up. It's not here yet. Just relax. Are you sure? I don't know. It just, this is all, it doesn't say anything about the weather. She doesn't, it doesn't say she's unaffected by weather. Well then. But it doesn't say anything about rolling weather every turn. And all the other ones have had weather icons when you're supposed to start rolling weather. Well, maybe you're just supposed to roll weather the whole time. It would say that, What's that storm thing in the middle? A hurricane is approaching. A storm hits the camp. If you draw a book icon, you lose one palisade. Oh, so that is your weather. Yes, this is the storm. We don't roll weather dice. Weird. Yep. These are Did you useless. put a thing on what day we're on? You didn't put a tracker on what day we're on. We're is on that this one. thing? Maybe. Use that. It looks good. Okay, well, let's put this little thing up there. Okay. And what, what phase are we working on? We're on weather. We're on Nothing the fake, fake weather phase. Okay, so night. So this discussion really uh, <laughs> never ends, does it? Not really. <laughs> no, it stays. It stays pretty much like this the whole game. This uh, this is probably in a, in our worst rules ever category. Maybe even, I'd say top five. And we've we've got over two hundred games upstairs. I would say. Yeah, it's it is confusing. The rule book is confusing. There's like a. What is this? Did you, is this something you downloaded? The the little secret. Yeah, on Board Game Geek, there is a help help guide that that kind of goes through a lot of like symbols, like and breaks stuff down and, the phases, and and yeah. it's definitely helpful. But it's really there's a lot to know. <laughs> you will hit a point in this game where you're trying to like look up something, where someone will say, ask a question about like. What does this symbol on the die mean? Because I know what this means and what this means, and obviously we don't want those, but what does, what does this mean? And you'll go to look it up in the book, and it takes you a ridiculous amount of time. Yeah. So, uh, and of course, this is like another further example of one more clip that just shows just how ridiculous this stuff is. And then 
What do we do with those other two tokens? What do we get? Vine? So we go up a palisade and that vine goes away, right? The vines. Do we have to spend them right now? I don't, I, technically I have vines. I didn't build a palisade with them. I'm just, I've got vines. I can build a palisade whenever I want. Well, wouldn't you want to go ahead and do it? No. Because I'm in a cave. And I want to move again. Not good shelter. So we're keeping that. That's right. And we can do that. Didn't say we can't. What's this t pistol do? So it when do we... Plus three attack temporarily. So when does it run out? I don't know. Really bad instructions. They're the worst. Yeah. Okay. All right. Moving on. Turn number two. I would guess that the pistol gets used whenever you need plus three attack all of a sudden. Like if you go hunting the <laughs> I don't know. hunting this animal here, you would go, okay, I'm using the pistol to boost my attack. And then you use the pistol and it's done. Okay. I think Just that like the palisade good. that I don't have to use right now until I'm ready to use it, the pistol is used whenever you attack. Okay, sounds good. Right? I say we go with it. Okay. Now later on, of course, we'd find out that food tokens actually do spoil... <laughs> Which kind of means that the pistol had to be used right then, and the no, palisades had to be used right then. And... No, it actually, we found out that the palisades could be used whenever, but the food's spoiled right now. So there's like a, you know. Are you sure? I'm sure. Don't even ask me. I'm sure. And I, I'm telling you that, that there is like rules based, you know, it, on top of the rules. Like these tokens represent that, and they can still spoil, but the pistol doesn't spoil because it's not made out of tiger meat. Or whatever we're talking about, right? <laughs> I guess. Uh, one thing I will say good about this game is it does seem like cooperation happens really well on every turn. I mean, I, it seems like even though, you know, cooperative games like this seem to have some sort of, uh, you know, effect of, of creating a leader kind of guy who tries to dominate the game like an alpha gamer guy. Which is Fred. Which which is me a lot of times because, you know, if you know the rule book, you kind of tend to tell everybody how to play the game. That's true. But in this case, uh, the discussion happens every every turn. And, I mean, here's an example of that. And then we move on to production phase. So we get... What do we get? Oh, we get to... We get uh, wood. Yeah, we get wood. That's it. This is a stupid place to put camp. We don't have any food. Sweetheart, we we survived the night with one more hit point. I'd be down a morale step right now if it wasn't for that. Okay. And we don't get another hunting card even though our... No. That stinks. One animal. What's Friday doing over there? Get him off there. He's hanging out with me. You know, he got termination tokens for having a little party. Made some hooch. Uh, <laughs> we need to build the rope. Fact. We need to build the rope. We built the rope. Oh, we need to build the raft to rescue Jenny. Okay. Now, are you going to be a stickler for this and say that since the raft wasn't there at the start of the turn, but explore actions after we build a raft? It's an explore action? Yes. To get her? Yes. Well, explore comes after, so yes. I don't see. So but if, if we... If, if I were Here's you... the thing. If we... Unless we guarantee... Oops, sorry, Pat. Build the raft? Yeah. Guarantee build it. Guarantee explore it. Friday's going out there with me, and I'll... Uh, so then does she get to help us with stuff? The dog and I will go... Well, no. Oh, no, she just rests. She starts resting. Because she's lazy. I need to go build a knife. Okay, well, I'm going to build a raft. Here, wait, 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 wait. 
I'm totally going to build a wrap because it'll only cost me one if I discard two of these. Okay. Go for it. But make sure you build it. We can't have it not work. Oh, 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 we got this guy. He can help build. Yeah. There. Do that. Okay. And then I can still do something else then. Get some food for us. We got two. We got two here. We got two up here. We don't here. need food we there. We got food handled right now until, you know, Jenny comes here and starts laying around on the beach. Well, and I could build my snare and that'll get us food for later. She's going to start eating our food, isn't she? Doesn't she start eating our food? No, that was a night phase, sorry. Yeah, she'll start eating food every turn. Turn five is going to have, is when the bad animals start showing up. Correct. Here's uh, the status we're in. Four wood. Uh, we need a three more animal pelts. And we've got the How are we even supposed to get the these animal pelts? We only have two. I think that's, I think they force you to explore like that because we need to keep killing animals to get them. And we gotta hope that there's not damn birds in there. Okay? Stupid birds. Totally. So as you can tell, this uh, the cooperation happens a lot. We do discuss a lot. We're discussing where to move camp. We're discussing what our goals are coming up. These these scenarios really seem to sort of tie in the mechanics of the game, give you goals that are common, give you ways to discuss them. Uh, <clears throat> You know, of course, we birds don't really help you when you need pelts, do they? No. Uh, now, thematically, I think that this this game really works. Um, oh, I think the game is actually quite awesome. Yeah. But getting there is a chore. That's right. I think that the uh, the, the game thematically it seems to make sense. You're yeah. playing this game, and and it seems to like lead into little micro stories and exciting kind of things come up, and and you know we. Uh, and you the know, fact that they give you the different scenarios, I think, is amazing, too. Yeah, the pieces that you're building to do certain things. Everything seems to sort of tie together the way it's supposed to. You know, the weather yeah. is coming, and you know it, so you have to make sure you have enough shelter to take care of yourself. You have to get, you know, enough wood and, and rope and stuff to build a raft to go get Jenny. You have to. I mean, of course, there's one where we exercise <laughs> evil spirits, which is a little out there. But oh. Do you remember that, where they kept getting, the island kept getting covered with fog? Anyway. Oh, yeah, yeah. Of course, uh, when we were playing the game, you have the option as a two-player game to use Friday, and uh, obviously, if you think the game is too hard, you can use the dog. And we tend to like to use both just for the heck of it. It's and uh, that led to some pretty fun discussions about Friday. So, <clears throat> why don't we put? I need to go out for hills. Friday and I'll go gather fish. I thought Friday had to explore. Doesn't say so. Yeah, he's like a... He's not like the dog. I thought he was. No. He can gather crap for you. He can? I think so. He doesn't need food, but he can gather it for you. Huh. He's Friday. You know how helpful this guy is? Weird. He's a handyman of the island. What? Should I send him out to gather food over here? He can't go by himself. Yes, he can. No, He's he Friday. Can't. He, he acts as a person. I thought it said he had to go with no, somebody. No, that's I'm the pretty dog. Sure, but I know Friday too. I thought he was a support oh, character. It's Friday. If I go <sighs> fish, Friday. Friday will be like, on Tuesday. I don't know. He did he talking? Did he speak English? I don't even know. <laughs> was he English? I don't know. His name's Friday. I thought Robinson taught him English slowly. Fingernail. Is he in the book? Friday? I have no idea. I've never read 
it. He's like he's like his main buddy. I think they got married at the end. You don't think so? I don't have any idea. Where does it talk about him in here? No, literally, never read the book. I don't think I did either. Not enough adventure. Just kidding. You want me to download it off of uh, iTunes and see if it's good? It's kind of cool. Looks like I'll fall asleep on the first page. I know. I'll be like, Robinson Crusoe was in a terrible boat wreck. It was supposed to be a three-hour tour. The skipper sucked okay, wait, at wait, steering wait, wait. a boat to Friday's the Friday's special rules. He cannot be the first player. Okay. What does that mean? He doesn't ever have to make a first player sacrifice or okay. anything like that. Uh, if he dies, players can still win. Yes. He's not affected by weather. Correct. He didn't have to eat. Right. He didn't need shelter. Mm -hmm. Um. But it does treat question marks as health wounds. I'm going to send him and the dog out, I think. You can't send him with the dog. The dog can only be used for supporting other players' pawns. Okay, the dog is with me. Friday's on his own. Okay. He's going to die. And yes, you can't do that. Okay, so there you go. There. Anyway, fine. next. I don't want to explore. Exploring's stupid. Right. We're going to go out and get some wood together. So we guarantee you get one. Okay. Are you sure? Friday can, well, Friday can stay at the camp and clean up camp for us. Want to do that? Or did it say he couldn't do that? I don't know. I want him to clean up the camp if we can get him to. No, he can do that. Cool. He's going to give him a broom. Now, the way that these, uh, obviously, Friday was, was pretty fun to talk about during the game. <laughs> I love Friday. <laughs> Poor guy. But anyways, uh, we, uh, there were several effects in this game that, that sort of, uh, they, they seem to, uh, based on what your goals are, sort of change the flow of the game. You know, if it's just simply surviving the winter... You're just focusing really on building up your hut, whereas we were trying to get, specifically in this encounter, we were trying to build a raft and get off of the island. The game sort of changes uh, the effects of the, of, because of these scenarios, they really do a good job of changing like the way the game flows. And uh, it's pretty obvious uh, that you know certain aspects of the game uh, are going to... Uh, you know, change dynamically how, how, you know, what inventions you're going to make, what you're going to try to gather, you know, how much fort you're going to go, what the pace of the game feels like and everything like that. Because sometimes it's, you have to wait until the end of the round to survive. Sometimes you don't. So there's an example of us dealing with the changing effects in the game. If the closest parrot camp tile possible wait the closest ca parrot camp tile is possible or possible is exhausted cover it with a black cube which is fine we don't eat parrots we eat fish we're not savages <laughs> uh, but they taste like chicken no they taste horrible <laughs> i'm gonna rescind that actually i would eat a parrot if i was hungry <laughs> I, I would eat care. it if they made it into jerky. Let's be honest, they're just little flying lizards anyways. Would you eat a lizard? Well, it depends. If the lizard could talk, I probably wouldn't. If it said, if it said lizard want a cracker to me, I probably wouldn't <laughs> eat it. Oh, then. no. But then I would give it a name and I would try to keep it, which it probably wouldn't like. But at first, until it saw all the great treats I was going to give it, because I would give it treats. Okay. All right.
<laughs> Anyways, uh, you know, you do have, everything is randomized in the game, obviously, and we, we've talked about the gathering dice, and uh, you know, you are really depending on. There's a lot of circumstances where you have to kind of push your luck, and that really makes uh, the success feel special whenever that happens. And give me the dice. Well, it's guaranteed on Explore. Well, quit looking at them. Well, I have to. Victory! Victory! <laughs> so you don't have to so draw. I get a wood, I get my pawn. That's over. They, they, we do. We did celebrate whenever we would get the result we needed. And of course, you know, anytime we didn't get injured, which it seems like it happened all the time. I mean, I, I even... I, I... Always to whoever's the carpenter. The carpenter's like the worst. They're dropping the hammer. Well, it, we did find out when we looked at the dice that the hardest action, the most dangerous thing, was to try to build anything. And it's all equally dangerous. So if you were just trying to dig a hole, you got injured. If you yeah. tried to, you know, breathe. <laughs> I'm going to build breathing. <laughs> I don't know. You just seemed to get injured a lot. It didn't seem to have any consideration what you were actually building. Like, obviously, yeah. if I'm building a raft, I'm a lot more likely to get injured than if all I'm doing is tying up a little snare on the ground to trap animals. Unless but you got injured them. while you made the snare, well, didn't I'm you? Well, I'm clumsy. I probably fell down, you know, got caught in the snare. Now, thus, there were there were some swingy aspects to this game. And it's like in, in our, you know, you do randomize some of your choices, like your cards and stuff and the inventions that are available to you at the start of the game. And because of this, we we found it really hard to obtain attack power in our scenario we were playing. And getting animal pelts was the cornerstone, one of the cornerstones, that and wood, were the cornerstones of us building our escape raft. Thus, we had, to, we had to hunt a lot. Every opportunity we had to hunt, we had to go, whether we were ready to fight or not. And, and this is how that sounded. All right. Um, so at the start of the phase again, we do an event phase. So the thing that happens is we fight this uh, cheetah. God dang it. Why does it have to be a cheetah? I don't know. Is he he's, tough? He's got a strength four. He lowers your weapons one, and he gives you two food and a pelt. So I'm fighting the cheetah, and okay. of course I use our pistol token to raise us plus three, right? Okay, use that too then. Which one's the pistol? The little the pistol is the that thing. The yeah, got it. Hourglass, and then I have well, to I'll use, use this one too. of the... Oh, Okay, I'll use that too. So then, so we're up to four. We're up to four, and I think. But he takes us down to three. Is that how fighting works? I mean, I don't even remember. I can't remember. I think as long as you equal his fight strength and weapon strength, you don't take any damage for it. But we still lose like one weapon, so we actually go back down to zero because the pistol's temporary. Right. But That's then we fine. get yeah, and then we get. But then two we get food, two food. Which are right now, I think. Because this is during the event phase. And then we get a pelt, <laughs> which pelt, is the white Which one. is the white guy. There we go. Sweet. And the cheetah goes away. Stupid cheetah. should know who the better species is. It's, it's man. Oh, by the way, Jenny took two hit points of damage. Stupid Jenny and her stupid hit points. I know. Find your own food, Jenny. Helpless. Okay. All right. All right. Friday stays, cleans up the camp. I go out searching for wood. So I'm, I, I'm the no. one... We what? do well. We do hunting first. We do. Yeah. Okay. The dog and I go hunting, and we flip over this top hunting card, and it is birds. We don't have any weapon because you were supposed to build before I went hunting. It says do them in order. Does it? First, first players plan their actions, placing all their pawns on the board. 
Each action can be taken multiple times except for the threat action. After that, resolve the actions in order from one to seven. Well, why would I go hunting then if we don't have any attack? Okay, I'll just go hunting and I'll use one of our bottles. Okay. And the birds get killed and they give us two food, which will come in later. And they're gonna spoil. Yeah. Wish I could have got a pelt. Birds suck. All right, so the dog and I have hunted a couple and of bird sucked. crap. <laughs> some guano. I'm back with some old, <laughs> here's some bird nest soup. Gross. <laughs> I found them. They were old and dusty. Okay, and so now we build. So uh, obviously we're being forced into this hunting position and never having enough tag power. Uh, <clears throat> so. We just kept pushing and pushing to hunt because at this point we're so far into the game and we are we're not going to get enough pelts and we don't have enough attack power and honestly the, the way we play games is we purposely don't try to to look at the cards until we so we can have a discovery like when I flip over this predator card I'm seeing it for the first time because I've never gone through the deck now obviously I've played a couple of games I had seen birds before I'd never seen a cheetah come up. And that's why I was kind of shocked about it. But, you know, I, I was thinking that at that point, personally, I was just thinking that maybe that was the worst that it got. You're wrong. <laughs> was it the worst that it got, It Nicole? was not. It was not, because the next thing that came out of the deck was this. So you go fighting now. Okay. And you have to fight a, a tiger. tiger. Oh, oh, my God. God. Oh, God, Nicole. You just lost eight hit points. I did? Yeah. Eight? Why eight? Because you have to go down two weapon and you don't have it. Two weapon? Two weapon levels. We have zero. So I, have to, I lose eight? One, two, three, four, five, six. I'm dead. I think you just got killed by a tiger. I just got killed by a tiger. Which means we lose. I think so. Makes, Do we not have anything into... We have nothing to boost it. Give me the book. Let me see it. <laughs> I think you just died. Which means we lose. Yeah. Which... Now here's what's bad, is that we go to the book, and we actually read the entire hunting section on how to resolve a, a hunting, you know, altercation. And we read it word for word down the whole page, and it never says, if you can't get rid of the two weapon. I mean, I thought I, you know, remembered way back when, when we played our first game that we didn't even complete, that maybe... I had read a rule that said something about minuses that you would have to take them in hit points if you couldn't take any minus in the game. And underneath the <clears throat> underneath the actual hunting area, it never actually says that if you cannot lose those weapons, the weapon levels, you would take them in hit points. So we continue playing the game from here for another 10 minutes, and we build our raft, and we win, and we celebrate because... So far, we had actually, you know, won the first two games that we played, and I don't think we ever came into a situation that was going to reduce our weapons where we just said, oh, we don't have any weapons, we don't care. I don't remember ever doing that. But when, we, when I went back uh, the next day just to double-check the rule book for something completely unrelated, I found that there was a rule under additional rules after you complete the entire game that whenever you have to take... What, what does it say specifically, Nicole? Where are you looking? Isn't it right here? Unfulfilled, Unfulfilled demand. When a player has... Ugh. 
When a player has to resolve an effect due to any type of card, event, adventure, mystery, etc., and he is unable to meet the requirements, he receives one or more wounds. Yes, so the tiger yeah. we found out after the fact actually killed you. That's like a little tiny sentence in the little tiny end of the middle of the part of the... It's actually part of the middle of the book. I, oh. it's, it's part of the extra rules. What the extra rules? The, it, it's past the we've taught you how to I know. play this. Here's Game some amendments ends. you might want to know. Here's some other stuff. <laughs> It's so bad. I don't like the so, book. So we found but out. I love the game. Yes. So we found out that this, you know, is a. It's we. I mean, honestly, we really think this is a good co-op game. Oh yeah. There's. It seems to because there's so much, so many dynamics to it. There's. It's. There's very little chance that a you know clear leader could ever just completely dominate the game. There's always argument to change the rules or change you know someone's opinion of what should happen next. Uh, the experience is fun, but I mean, honestly, it's just littered with finicky rules that are out, you know, and they're disorganized, you know, out I of order. And a lot of it's not as intuitive as, as you would hope. Like even something as simple as the food, the food itself, there are two different kinds of food. There's food and there's non-perishable food. Yes. But it's not really, it doesn't matter what type of food it is. Like if you get a token that has a banana on it, mm-hmm. I would think that is a non-perishable food. It's a banana. Banana and honey are the two nature's miracle foods. They never spoil to the point where you can't eat them. Yeah, a they banana... They might be kind of gross, but... I, I could keep a banana on a deserted island for weeks. Yeah, and it's... I mean, for seriously. a week at least. But that token is not a non-perishable food. It's You're just going to get a regular food token. Yeah. That's not intuitive. Yeah. Now, if I kill a tiger and eat his meat, which obviously I can't kill a tiger since I died. Not the point. Yes. That seems like, okay, fine, that can be perishable. I get it. Meat spoils. There's no refrigeration on our little special island. We don't have the professor to help us out. That's right. So that makes sense. But a lot of it is just not as intuitive as I would hope mm-hmm. it would be. But in the end, it's. I love that there's different scenarios. You don't have to play the same game twice. Even if you do play the same game twice, it's not going to be the same game twice. Yeah. Because there's so much differentiation with the cards. The immersion in this game is high. Oh, yeah. Once I start playing the game, I feel like I'm on a deserted island. I feel like I'm part of a group of people trying to survive. And I genuinely feel like I'm doing my part yeah. to help the group survive. Yeah. And it does that amazingly. This is, I mean, honestly, all the high ratings that are involved with Robinson Crusoe, I think, are well-deserved. Absolutely. Now, that being said, we're, now that we're talking about ratings, let's talk about how we are going to rate on talk about board games. The way that we're going to rate it is two different five-point scales. Five-point scales because whenever I kind of talk to someone about how they rate something, they can never just rate it a number. They want to put a half number on it. And if I give them the half numbers and I say, well, what if I do, what if I do one to five? And Nicole, what, was your, what did you say? What about half points? And I said, okay, then how about I do one to ten? And what did you say? What about half points? Yeah, so I said, so you want a 20-point scale then? Yeah, See, he won't is... let you have half points. There's That's no right. half points. I need I need commitment out of people. We're not going to do half <laughs> points. Okay? Fred needs commitment. I just want to point out to our listeners that uh, we were together for 12 years before we finally got married. But Fred <laughs> is all about Take off that commitment. Ring. <laughs> I am not taking it off. It it's there later. forever. It's not coming off. <laughs> Anyways, so... Okay, Mr. Commitment, go ahead. I want commitment on games. <laughs> yeah. yeah. 
you can you can marry whoever, you, marry whoever you want whenever you're ready. Yeah. <laughs> the fact of the matter is, is that we've got two. We're going to do two five point scales. The first is a scale of difficulty to learn. Now, when we talked about what's difficult for someone or another to learn, we decided that there's only one real consistent in this world that would be like have a learning rating. And we can't say a child because children learn at different speeds, don't they? And we can't really say an adult because adults learn at different speed or, you know, have different, you know, likes and dislikes and different, different backgrounds. Interests, different places they've been in life. That's right. But there is one consistent, I think, that's pretty consistent straight across the board for everyone. That's their grandmother. So we're going to have the grandma scale. That's right. We're going to have a scale of one to five on how hard this would be to teach to your grandmother. One being very easy, like on a level like, hey, grandma, this is Yahtzee. All you have to do is try to roll your ones. Did you roll your ones? Did you roll your ones? And no. she'll say, I forgot to take my pill. But the, <laughs> <No>. <laughs> the, uh, the other one would be five, which would be near impossible to teach your grandmother. Now, the other Not thing... Not necessarily because of the theme, just because it's hard. The other scale is a, another scale of one through five. And the second scale is just merely how much we enjoyed the game. One would be never going to play this game again. And five is a classic that we cannot see getting out, rid of out of our collection. It's going to stay there. It's earned a permanent place. So, Nicole, what would you say on the grandma scale that Robinson Crusoe is? <laughs> Well, you know, once we figure out what we're doing, I'd say maybe, probably, well, it's still going to be a five. That's right. I would agree with that. <laughs> That's a five. My grandmother will seriously enter the grave before I'm able to teach her how to play Robinson Crusoe. They would, they would get each individual part of it. If you tell them, okay, it's time to roll your dice. Yeah. Um, but the planning phase might be Yeah, a little... it would degrade to, what do you want me to do? Yeah. Okay, I'll do that. And yeah. you would basically just be playing for them, and they would get no enjoyment out of this at all. This this game is a five on the it's grand hard. scale. Now, as far as uh, enjoyment, how much enjoyment did you get out of this game? See, again, I mean, now that we kind of know what we're doing, and yet we still goof, um, I'd still say it's a five. I like this game a lot. I think... I think it's got the the fun variations, like I said, with the different yeah. ha- having different scenarios. You know, this time you're trying to save Jenny mm-hmm. from herself, and you know later on, what is there? And there are cannibals in one of these. That's gonna be. There's different things, yeah. Pretty awesome. Now, I personally, awesome. I would say that I started off with this being a four, and it's actually grown into a five. I really like. Despite it. the fact that we lost the last session, despite the fact that I still have to check the rules. It seems like to every little thing, and I always find there's some nuance that I missed. Well, I think the reason that you wanted it to be a four is because the game makes you feel like you're cheating accidentally, and you I hate swear, to be a I cheater. I hate cheating. Don't call me a cheater, no. ever, guys, because no. I never intentionally play a game improperly. <laughs> but that <laughs> but game, there's, that, there's a lot of accidental cheating. <laughs> given that, it looks like we are you are we are both in agreement on this, that this game is a five on the grandma scale and also a five on the enjoyment scale, which is a permanent collection uh, addition and we are not going to be getting rid of this soon. So that brings us to the end of our first episode of Talk About Board Games. Now, I'd like to thank you for listening to the podcast, and I want you to check back in another week. We should have another podcast up with more board game discussions, new playthroughs. Enjoy the games you play. And we will let, we hope we hope you tune in next time, <laughs> all right? And by the way, hope you have all the success that we had. Victory!